Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, Film Geeks, the New York Times has discovered the film review and movie-loving community on TikTok, and they had some very interesting things to say. Let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry commentary. I'm coming to you from the great state of South Carolina. I will be here. I mentioned this not too long ago that I'll be here for a couple of weeks. And I'm here house sitting slash dog sitting for my aunt. I actually start doing that on Friday. But right now I'm in my mama's house and my mom and my stepdad are off doing work and I am here trying to get as much done as possible. That is the goal while I am down here to get as much done as possible. It is very difficult for me to get anything done in New Orleans. Number one is because I have church and that takes up a lot of my time. Two, my bedroom is hot. My bedroom does not cool down for nothing and everybody and their mama is a heat wave, but I feel like New Orleans is being punished, you know, specifically. Um, it's awful. It's hot here, but it's it's comfortable hot here. Um, normally for New Orleans in the summer, it's comfortable hot. For me anyway, it's comfortable hot. Um, it has been unbearable hot and then my room does not cool down. So being in an air conditioned space, um, away from the things that will pull me away from doing this, it, it's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to basically just three weeks of getting things done. So that being said, if you happen to hear kind of a buzzing sound, it, it almost in the background that is the sound of the south okay every animal and bug that you could possibly think of is making noise outside filters into the house and i've been in different rooms in the house there's nowhere for me to go to escape it and i don't have soundproofing so if if that's what you hear if you're wondering what is that that's what that is cicadas frogs bugs you name it it's the south it has a sound it has a smell it has everything but that's not what we're talking about right now we are going to talk about this new york times article that was written about movie talk if you're not familiar with tiktok you have these niche little communities on the app you have like book talk or kink talk yeah i just said that um what else? 
<laughs> like DIY talk and, you know, cooking talk, food talk, you know, and now you have movie talk. So it's its own little community, kind of, sort of, unofficially. But basically, it's, you know, creators who kind of create similar content that kind of get mushed together under this label. Now, I don't know if I would consider myself to be part of movie talk or film talk. I do film reviews on um, TikTok, but that's not my primary content. Intentionally primary content on TikTok. Most of my movie content is definitely podcasts and then YouTube. So, but I do film reviews and I've had interactions with other movie talk people on the app, but I don't know if I consider myself to be part of that community under that label. However, comma, this article that was written, while I was not included in this article, nobody reached out to me. I, I'm not even mentioned in said article. It's about me. And it's about people like me who are on TikTok who create any kind of film content, whether that's promoting a film, whether that's reviewing a film, or even talking about your favorite films from the last like 20 years or your favorite films from the studio. We all kind of fall under the same umbrella. We talk about movies. But this article was very interesting. I think the people who were kind of going into this um, article were hoping it would be an article that would kind of push and promote this new kind of medium with respect to film reviews, film commentary, film industry commentary. That's a little bit different than your traditional, you know, brick and mortar kind of media. That's kind of, um, I don't want to say dying out, but it's becoming less relevant. Hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying less important. I'm just saying less relevant in relation to how people get their information. And when it comes to movie reviews, people aren't looking to critics the way they used to. They are, because here's the thing with critiquing. I would, I guess, consider myself a film critic, so to speak. I actually had a little bit of a revelation um, not too long ago because for the longest time I was saying, well, you know, I'm just an amateur film critic, kind of putting myself down. But then I realized, wait, hold up. I have a degree. I have a film degree. I I studied film in college. I have a degree with my name on it. I'm not an amateur. This is what I do. This is what I studied. Honestly, I didn't think I'd ever get to a point where I'd actually use my degree for what it was for. Now, what my degree was for was for actually for writing, for screenwriting. Yeah, that's never going to happen. But I did study film. So in a way, I do get to use my degree. I'm not an amateur. I am an independent film critic. I'm going to put that somewhere. That is my title now. And I'm going to embrace it. And I don't care what anybody says. I am an independent film critic. But you have a lot of people who are on TikTok who do film reviews who don't want to be called a critic. And I understand that because there is a bit of a negative connotation within this community around the word critic because people don't trust critics. They just don't. And, you know, in terms of what people are looking for when they go to the movie theater, what critics are talking about and what the audiences want are two completely different things. And I understand this 100% as an independent film critic. (laughs) But I also, you know, I'm upfront with what I do. I am here to give you an analytical um, breakdown of a movie. If you're looking for someone who's going to tell you, yes, you're going to be a thousand percent entertained by this movie. I'm not your girl. I can't tell you whether or not you'll be entertained. I can tell you whether or not I was. Um, I might be able to tell you whether or not your kids might get something out of it. Um, but 
I, all I can do is give you just an analytical breakdown, an actual critique of the artwork itself. That is what I do. That is what critics do. However, the general audience isn't interested in all that. They've kind of moved away from that. And especially when movies become more expensive, it's not just enough to say, oh, the cinematography was this, this, that, and the third. General audiences don't care. They want to know they're getting their money's worth. Is it entertaining? Am I going to enjoy this experience? I don't expect, you know, audiences to give a brown rat's behind about the cinematography the way I do or the acting the way I do. I don't expect them to notice these nitpicky little details. My hope is that if you are one of those people who doesn't care, that when you listen to me, you learn something new. That it pushes you when you go to the movie theater the next time, because I've said something you've never heard before, you're now looking at movies in a different way. That's that's all of my hope is here. I'm not here to be some intellectual snob and acting like, oh, I'm the be, you know, be all end all and I know everything. No, I'm here to just do what I love, which is to be an analytical nut job and break down films and then share it with y'all. And I'm hoping that in a way you get something out of it. Now, I, I can give you an honest opinion as to whether or not I enjoyed it. And I think a lot of people, they know my personality. They've come to know a little bit about who I am specifically on the internet. So I think once getting to know me a bit, and then when I tell them I like this, I don't like that, it kind of gives them an idea as to how they'll feel about it. And that's, I think, what this article is um, kind of getting at, but not really saying all at the same time. The people whom they interview are definitely saying this, but there's a bit of jealousy here. So this article from the New York Times was written a couple of days ago by a dude named Reggie. I don't know much about Reggie, so let's look up Mr. Reggie real quick. I used to know a lot of these critics by name and knew everything about them, knew what publication they were from, but I have started to take... um film critics from, you know, your typical traditional publications a little less seriously. But yes, he is a film reviewer for the New York Times. So I imagine this subject for him is a little bit personal because when, you know, my community, I should say, I'm, th th it is what it is. My community on TikTok says, you know, film critics have become obsolete. I'm sure he takes that a bit personal. And I'm sure he's starting to feel that, that when he writes he goes out of his way to write this well thought out article or criticism or critique about this movie and no one listens, but then people will go to TikTok and listen to a 60 second uh, brief review about a movie. I'm sure it can sting a little bit. A lot of effort and a lot of thought uh, and a lot of digging goes into a lot of these film reviews. It's easy to do it on TikTok. Now, what I typically do on TikTok, and I don't really have to do this anymore, but I still do it because it's fun. And it's it, part of my you know regular content is I go to the movies. I tell people what I'm about to see. I kind of show me going into the theater, just what that looks like for me. And then I go in my car and I talk about it. And I usually talk about it for two and a half minutes. Um, TikTok now allows us to record 10 minutes in the app. So my reviews are starting to get slightly longer, but not too long. Cause I know I really only got people's, have people's attention for just a few minutes. I mean, a few seconds. So I, I try to get in there quick and then get out. But it's, you know, I'm sure it can seem, you know, almost insulting that people would much rather prefer my four minute review over their like 5,000 word article. 
But at the end of the day, a lot of us, we've been studying film for a very long time. Some of us, it's a hobby. It's something we've looked into. We've studied. We've dug into. It's a passion. Many of us have degrees. We went to college for this stuff. We studied it. I mean, in terms of studying film, you don't need a college degree for that. I mean, there are plenty of films you can watch. I could give you a list of movies that I think you should probably watch if you want to study film. You can read books. You can watch documentaries. You can watch um, commentaries, um, behind the scenes videos. I mean, studying film, you don't need a college degree for that. Anybody can do what I do. Okay. I, I was just an idiot and paid money for it, but that's neither here nor there. This article, uh, I mean, it's it's cool, but it sucks at the same time because it, it's definitely trying to be a hit piece. But I think this Reggie dude um, is not proving his point very well. There's just a couple of things. Now, there are definitely some um, TikTokers they mentioned in here, none of which I follow, oddly enough. I don't follow a lot of other uh, film talk, movie talk people. I just don't. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I follow, I think, maybe one or two, a guy named Kit, whom I enjoy. He's fun. Um, another guy, um, MGC. Um, we're mutuals. So uh, he's always asking me, hey, when are you going to see this? When are you going to see that? Hey, this is what I thought. Like we, it's, it's, it's a nice little relationship thing we have going on the app. But I don't follow a lot of other movie talk because I'm not interested in being part of some sort of niche community and at the end of the day, while I do enjoy what I do, I'm not looking for the approval or affection from my peers. It, it's nice to have, you know, when you see someone from within the community say something really nice and sweet and, you know, thoughtful about your work. I appreciate it and I'm grateful for it, but I'm also not looking for it. I don't need it. I don't make my content for them. I make my content for me. First and foremost, I do it for me because if you don't do it for you, you burn out. If the, the moment this stops being fun, I stop. So as long as this is still fun for me, I keep doing it, whether you listen or not. So I also have people who have listened to my film reviews. And I, I see this quite a bit where people say, I come to you first before I go see a movie. I'm hoping you're going to talk about this movie in the future or I've really come to trust what you have to say. That's heavy. That's a lot of pressure. And I take it very seriously. So I continue to do what I do, which is to give honest and, and as objective as possible criticism about movies. But I think what this article is doing is it's trying to lump a lot of stuff under this umbrella that doesn't quite make sense, especially if you're familiar with the app. Now, this person is trying to, you know, come at creators who talk about movies, review movies, and many of whom get paid by big studios to pay to promote films. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, me personally, I don't think I would ever agree to promote a film for pay. That's not what I do. That's not my content. I'm a film critic. I'm not here to, you know, boost your film. I'm here to tear it apart so that you make a better one. That's what I do. Now, there are some people who love movies and they want to pay, you know, they want to be paid to promote movies. They want to be paid to go to premieres. I see no issue with that whatsoever. Get your money, honey. Get that bag. Get that paper. Do what you need to do in this economy. But to sit here and lump us all under this umbrella and say that those who promote films should be trusted more than the critics or that critics should be trusted more than them, it's just kind of dumb and stupid. It's competition where it's just not necessary. At the end of the day, you can't look at me and try to tear me down to make yourself look better. You need to sit back and ask yourself, okay, 
okay, what do I need to do differently to gain and maintain my own audience? I think print media in general, and that's what the New York Times is part of print media, they're in, they're delusional. They have lost touch. Um, they they can't seem to figure out why. Why do people gravitate more towards TikTok than they do towards the New York Times? And again, you know, traditional criticism is not obsolete. It's not irrelevant. It's not it's not really all that relevant to audience members, but it's more so relevant to these film creators, these filmmakers and producers, that's where our content is relevant. Because at the end of the day, I want people to go to the movies, but we can't. I can't tell them to go to the movies when the movies are crap. It's our critiques. Our critiques are supposed to hold these studios accountable. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style and push them to make decent films, films worth paying money for, films worth getting up off your butt, getting in your car, driving to the theater, paying 15 bucks for a ticket, and then another 17 bucks for popcorn. Create movies that are worth that. But th- there seems to be a disconnect here. I, I think film reviews have forgotten, film critics, so to speak, especially those in your traditional print media, have kind of forgotten their own purpose. Your purpose is to hold studios accountable. Your ho- purpose is to take the things that the rest of the audience doesn't care about and slice it into pieces. 
it, all the stuff that we talk about in our reviews, it means nothing to the general audience, but the studios know what we're talking about. It's our job to hold them accountable. And I think film critics have lost and neglected that responsibility. And it's starting to show to general audiences. Now, why are general audiences going to TikTok? I mean, because it's quick and easy and people are getting what they want in 60 seconds. What they want to know is, are they going to be entertained? Is it worth their time? Should I buy a ticket? That's what they want to know. That's, that's what they're here for. That's why they go to TikTok. It's really that simple. But what this article tries to do is try to make, you know, people under this umbrella of movie talk look like just, you know, stupid, um, something less than intellectual. Like we don't know what we're talking about. Like we don't like our passion for film is meaningless. Noises. And. It's. It's frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating because what we do is legitimate. Yes, it's on TikTok. Yes, it's social media, but it means something to our audiences. It, it means something to the people who are buying tickets because, again, they don't care about the the color contrast and how the train symbolizes change in transition and whatnot. They don't care about all that. We care about all that. Studios care about all that. What these audiences want to know, are they going to be entertained? And the thing with a lot of critics is because a lot of critics have sold out. They're, you know, pointing fingers at these movie talk critics, calling them sellouts. But a lot of your, your regular brick and mortar, you know, print journalism critics have sold out. They've sold out to whatever agenda is popular in the moment. So instead of giving us honest critiques that are bold and brave and truthful, they're giving us play it safe reviews. There are movies that I've seen this year that have gotten crazy critic reviews, amazing critic reviews, and they work absolute crap. There's no way you could tell me that that actor did an excellent job. There's no way you can tell me this movie was 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. There's no way you can tell me that this, you know, movie was shot beautifully or well, or that it was well written. There's no way. And you have these movies that are being lauded by critics and then audiences go see them. They're like, this was crap. This was stupid. This was dumb. Film critics on TikTok, we have nothing to lose. All, we have nothing to lose. All we can do is be honest. But people like Mr. Reggie from the New York Times has everything to lose. It's a joy of being independent, I guess. I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I think it's helpful to understand because the problem with this article, again, because it lumps a whole bunch of different types of creators under an umbrella, um, trying to push this idea that these creators are film critics who don't want to be called film critics who see themselves as better than film critics. But they're not all critics. There was one creator they mentioned named Maddie. She's not a film critic, so to speak. She talks about movies, says what she liked, and then encourages people to watch them or go see them or what have you. You have people like Stoney the Great, who does a little bit of reviewing, but also kind of talks about the horror genre in general. That's more his thing. I don't know much about Straw Hat Goofy, but he is one of the bigger movie talk creators. But I know he does a lot of paid promotions. He has many studios as clients. He goes to premieres. I mean, things are a little bit weird and wonky right 
right now because of the strike, which sucks for a lot of these um, content creators within the movie talk fan, you know, kingdom, so to speak. That's the first word that came to mind. A lot of them can't work right now. They're not able to take on new contracts with studios because it's seen as scabbing. Promoting film in any kind of way is seen as scabbing, even though what we do, you know, actors don't do. This is something that we've been doing independent of actors for so long. So luckily for me, I'm in the clear. All I do is film criticism and film industry criticism. That's it. I don't do paid promotions. I can't see myself at any point in the future doing any kind of paid promotion work. The only way I would do it is if I truly believed in the film. And at that point, I hope I've developed enough of a reputation um, with people that they can trust what I have to say. But I would never just outright take a no I mean I have to have seen the movie and I'm going to be completely honest and you better be very very confident in that movie if you're asking me or paying me to promote it because I'm not going to be dishonest with my audience ever but I I was seeing quite a bit of that dishonesty over the last month with the movie talk to me people saying this is the best horror movie of 2023 how I think the, the general consensus from a lot of people who've seen this movie is that they were bored. They didn't think it was scary. Um, they, they thought it was just okay. But you had a lot of TikTokers within this community who were paid by A24 to promote it saying, oh, this is the best horror movie of 2023. So that's where a lot of the lack of trust can come in with some of these TikTokers. However, you know, going into that TikTok that it's an ad, it's a paid promotion because it says so on the TikTok. It's it's a legal thing. It's an also it's also a requirement within TikTok. If you are doing any kind of paid promotion, you need to say so either in hashtag form or there is a toggle you can click with um within the app whenever you're um, uploading a video to say this is a paid partnership. So even though you're, you know, listening to your favorite creator talk about this movie, you can see that this person is being paid to promote it. So you have the option of taking it with a grain of salt. You have to kind of judge this review, not so much on what they're saying, but on that content creator's character. Does that make sense? You can't always do that with um, print journalism and your traditional film critics because you don't know who is, you know, promoting this on behalf of the studio and who is giving honest criticism. You don't always know. And that's part of the issue. Even though you have critics on TikTok sometimes who are giving dishonest reviews, you already know ahead of time this person's being paid. Does that make sense? So uh, you're able to kind of filter through those things and take things with a grain of salt and then continue scrolling. And oftentimes that one TikTok doesn't take away from anything else they've done. Because again, you know, this particular post, they were paid to do it. I don't know what else to say about that. But I think one of the, why are people leaning more towards social media for their film criticism versus TikTok? Now, if you want actual film critics, there are a few who are on TikTok, but there's only so much you can do on TikTok. Most of your like bona fide, I say independent film critics who aren't part of any kind of publication or a blog, they're on YouTube. That's where they are. If I'm watching film critics on social media, I'm on YouTube. I I love, they're my inspiration and what I aspire to actually be and do one day. I want to be able to take this podcast and then turn it into video format. I am not in the position to do that right now, but that's the goal. The more I grow and the, the more I can get better equipment, I can do the things that I really want to do, which is to take this podcast and turn it into a video podcast. That is the goal.
that that's what I want to do one of these days. So yeah, if you want to get bonafide social media film criticism, YouTube is the place to go. We do exist on TikTok because I'm on both clearly, but you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of it on TikTok. Mainly it's just quick one minute, 60 second critique honest critique. But if you're looking for something that's a little more thought out and, some, you know, kind of like what I do, but in video form, YouTube, that's where you go. It That's that's it. That's the place to be. So yeah, but w- why are people kind of leaning more towards us and away from people like Mr. Reggie from the New York Times? One, I think it's the parasocial relationship of it all and that people really can get people get to interact with me and they get to ask questions and they get to, you know, have conversations and ask more of my opinion or what did I think about this or, you know, how did I feel about that? Was this included in this big question? Because, you know, the good chunk of my audience is conservative. Is this movie woke? And I'm able to answer that question because people are like, they do they even know what woke mo- woke means? It really doesn't matter whether or not they know what the word woke means. What matters is I know what they mean when they say that. And I'm able to answer said question and give them that information. So I think it's the parasocial relationship of it all. They're able to interact with us, ask questions, and even offer their own opinions, disagreements, what have you. And they're free to do that. You can't always do that in print journalism. Not all of these publications have a comment section. There is a comment section everywhere on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and that's just for me. And even when people make comments, I'm able to respond to said comments, either in the comment section or I'm able to take their comment and turn it into another video. Oh gosh, I created so much content off of my one three minute Little Mermaid review on TikTok. So much content. People kept talking and I kept responding. That's, I think, the joy that people get out of what we do on TikTok is they're not, they're on one, it's quick. They get what they need out of it. What they're wanting to know is, are they going to be entertained? And we can give them that in three minutes or less. And also they get to interact with us and have these conversations. And they're able to take their own love for film and expand it in a little, in a way. And it's with people they trust. People trust me. They know the sound of my voice. They know what my face looks like. They've gotten to know my personality a little bit more. So there's that. You don't always get that in a, you know, New York Times film review. You know, you don't get that personal touch that I can give in a podcast or on a TikTok video. I I think film critics such as Mr. Reggie has to come to grips with the fact that this industry is changing. Film criticism is not obsolete. It's not going the way of the dodo bird. We are still very much relevant and important, not so much to the audience, but more to the studios and the filmmakers themselves. That's where our value lies. But you have to kind of change with the times. The the 3,000 word essay film review, it's not going to be um, necessary much longer. Everything's going by way of podcast, video, that kind of thing. Tweets, you know, quick social media blurbs. People are just looking for a quick answer. Am I going to be entertained? Yes or no? Okay, well, well how am I going to be entertained? It is what it is. You can sit here and say, well, people just don't like to read anymore. Okay, whatever. That doesn't change anything. (laughs) Saying that is not going to make people want to read your article. Like, if this is something you want to do, if you want to stay in this industry, then you're going to have to move with the industry. And the the industry is moving more towards social media because that's where a lot of your audiences are going. That's where your studios are going. 
Take it for what it is. I'm sorry. But I think a lot of it is just jealousy. That's where a big chunk of this article, it's where it's coming from. It's jealousy. It's jealousy that audiences and readers are leaving print journalism behind and they're going more towards social media, not just to get their film reviews, but to get all of their news. This isn't just about us as film critics. This isn't just about us as, you know, film content creators, but it's about a dying medium, a medium that is no not just kind of going by the way of the dodo bird, but people have just lost trust in it overall. And they're going to have to come to grips with that. They can either just let it die out or make some necessary changes. Either way, hi. My name is Savannah. I am a film content creator, an independent film reviewer, and I'm not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Either work with us or stay mad. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to me rant and rave once again. Let me know in the comment sections what you think about the New York Times and what they have to say about, you know, movie talk and film content creators. Who are some of your favorite film um, content creators, whether it's on TikTok or YouTube? Let me know who they are. Now, if you're listening to this on YouTube, I believe there's a way you can like at someone or tag someone in the comments i've never done it before but i'm pretty sure there's a way you can do it tag them so that i can see them and i can be further inspired to grow in what it is that i do so thank you so much for listening don't forget to like comment and subscribe i love you all and be on the lookout for a couple of reviews more than normal this coming week Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.